did you know that in the four events that Eric Aselius has played in, he has not improved his score in his second 18? That's interesting. I want to dig into that in a little bit here. My name is Reed Nelson. This is the Puttcraft Podcast. Saturday, it's a couple days from now, we will be at the Golf Zone in Chaska, Minnesota at 11 a.m. That is January 28th. This week will be a two-part podcast. This episode will not be the player rankings. I'm working feverishly on those. Those will be available later in the week. And I'm also going to announce the February schedule. I got a little ahead of myself last week when I said I wanted to do the February and March schedule at once. That is just not going to be possible at this present time. But the February schedule, we will get to you. I've heard some reports that, as you know, the Moose Mountain is not my favorite course at all. Um, and I, uh, want to visit there once a year and it's a good winter course. We'd never go there in the summer, but I've heard there's some issues with the second hole and that it might be broken. Here's the problem. We are already skipping. Um, are we already skipping one of the holes or do we play? Yeah, we play 18, but it's not really, really a hole. Um, it's one of those, it's, it's kind of like the golf zones one or two or one, but it's like not fun at all. Um, and if we have to skip two as well, uh, that, that would not be fun. And, and, and I, so I think having two broken is a deal breaker. The other thing I was thinking about is this. I think if we went to grand slam, each grand slam twice in a winter, I think that's reasonable. I really do. I think going to the Grand Slam in Coon Rapids twice every winter and going to the Grand Slam in Burnsville twice every winter is a reasonable ask um, and potentially skipping Moose Mountain altogether. Here's why. If two is broken at Moose Mountain, why I don't want to go there is because for two reasons. Number one, again, we're already skipping, air quotes, 18. But hole two, what, what, what do we then play hole three twice or hole one twice? That's going to skip. That's going to mess with the, with the stats, with the, with the, um, the archives, if you will. But also, and again, we're not going on a Saturday. We're going on like a Tuesday night. Also, I don't know if the course is really able for us to play it twice especially if there's a bunch of people there, what are we going to do? Play hole one and then go back and play hole one again? I just don't think that is workable. The last reason why I'm considering skipping Moose Mall altogether, and let's be honest, if we skip it, we're essentially taking it off the circuit, um, is because a lot of you really dislike it. <laughs> That's why. Um, and uh, I'm a man of the people. So uh, I, I, I'm really neutral on it either way. And, you know, I guess, like I mentioned, I, I'm I'm okay if we do Grand Slam Burnsville twice and Grand Slam Coon Rapids twice. I know for certain that some of you want another crack at Grand Slam Burnsville, um, which I don't blame you at all for. So, again, this will not be the player rankings episode. That will be, I'll probably drop that on Friday, if you will. But um, let's start with with what I, what I, uh, 
kicked off the episode with, which is Eric Celius, who has now won two straight events and is finished in the top five in all four of his events, has not improved on any of his four round two matches. Now, let's go back and let's look at a couple of players um, and their first four events. Let's start with Dan Wesley. Okay, uh, Dan Wesley, I believe, uh, sixth-ranked player in Puttcraft. Oh my gosh, I should have this off the top of my head, Read, Embarrassing. Seventh-ranked player in Puttcraft, as I was saying, Dan Wesley. Uh, Runner-up, if you will, in the uh, Winter Classic last week. Is that going to move him up? We'll see. Probably, I would think. Maybe. Um, In Dan Wesley's first event, he went 43-36. In his second event, he went 43-41. In his third event, he went 36-36. In his fourth event, he went 36-37. But you see that six-stroke improvement in that first round. Um, Not really at all surprising. Let's look at Matt Wyman. Matt Wyman, the 10th-ranked player in Puckcraft. These are random. I'm going to pull up Sean and Matt. Uh, just for the record, but but these first few are kind of random. Matt Wyman, 47-43, shaved off four strokes, 39-40, 40-40, and 37-43. So, uh, you know, he went backwards on those last few, but that first one, he shaved off four strokes. Josh Benish, 42-46, 46-41, right? So that first round, jitters, you know, you add four strokes into that back 18, 41, 42, 42, 46, and 51, 51 for Josh Benish. Uh, let's go to Matt Rolstead, 39, 40, 38, 38, 35, 39, and then 51, 43. So Matt Rolstead bucks the trend in the fourth game or in his fourth match. Otherwise he was heading towards, um, um, Eric Hacelius, territory. I love saying that name. Um, and let's go with Sean Brown, 56-53, 56-49, 44-43, So again, Eric Celius is in a little bit of a league of his own here. Um, and it's, you know, generally speaking, uh, you know, and this is sports, so everyone's a little different, but generally speaking, that second 18, you, the, you would have, you would have shaken a little bit of the jitters off. And you, this is your second crack at the course, so you might be, ooh, hole four. Boy, that bounce off that back wall is a little bit weird. I'm not going to do it this time. Much better. You know, that sort of thing. The other thing to consider is that, you know, there, there can be a lot more jitters as you get in those last three, four, five holes. Okay, especially in Eric Celius's uh, world where he's competing for 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 uh, victories, if you will. So you know there, there's a little bit of that where the pressure is dialed up in the back 18. Regardless, I find it interesting interesting to see if this trend continues. Um, I would imagine that it won't continue much longer, but you know who knows. While we're on the topic of improving the second time around, let's talk about the front runner for most improved player, which is, I mean, it's not totally obvious. Of course, there are other candidates, but I think that this player, especially lately, has put a exclamation point on their candidacy for most improved player. Now, let me go over the most improved player stuff. 
remember last year was a weird year because it was most improved from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. This year, it's most improved from last season to this season. Hey, Reed, what are you talking about with seasons? Sometimes I forget that some of you are new here. And I apologize for those of you who've heard this 7,000 times before. The Puttcraft League year runs from April 1st to March 31st. All the awards um, run that year. It's not the calendar year. It's the uh, it's the Puckcraft year. So our new year starts April 1st. So all the holes of the year, rounds of the year, most improved player of the year, um, which is going to be so fun, rookie of the year, um, runs until March 31st. Got a couple a couple uh, events left. But Josh Benish right now has really, really, really put an explanation, exclamation point on his most improved player candidacy. Let's look at the data. We love that, don't we? Three straight top five finishes, four in five, five in seven. Okay, um, so it is 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 on a tear as of late. The last event, uh, Burnsville, he shot a seventy four last year, March thirty first, I believe it was the last the last event of the league year seventy eight. So four strokes better, pretty good. Um, Coon Rapids, the Grand uh, Grand Slam Coon Rapids, 76 for the New Year's Open. Last year's New Year's Open, which actually took place on New Year's Eve, 87. Uh, took 11 strokes off. Now, that's a year's worth of, of improvement there, mind you. Uh, golf Zone, 75, his last trip to the Golf Zone. Previously, uh, the trip before that, 78. But again, that was only earlier in the, I think it was April. So it was still an improvement, don't get me wrong. Dred Scott, 91, previously in the year 107, okay? Um, I skipped Loon's Nest because that we, we didn't have anything to go off of with Loon's Nest. There was no previous um, uh, pr- previous Loon's Nest event. Uh, there will be several next year. I love that course. Um, so, uh, you know, Josh Banish... Really, really, really playing well right now. Again, three straight top five finishes, four in five, and five in seven. Um, again, another player who is uh, he is ninth. Ooh, gonna be a, such a interesting uh, player rankings this week. I can't wait to really, really finalize it and and announce it to you. So, Josh Benish at nine right now. I think he is most certainly on his way up. Okay, this will be our fifth event at the Golf Zone. Um, we went there earlier uh, th- this this winter, and I do plan on having one. I think actually our last event of the league year uh, will be at the Golf Zone. It's going to be in late March as well. So uh, if you miss this event at the Golf Zone on Saturday, we will have one two months from now. I will make note of this. I don't normally do this. I don't like to set the precedent that I'm going to start telling you who's registered for the events. Most of you register the day over the day before anyways, which is fine. I got no problem with that. Um, if you have considered bringing your young ones out to a Puttcraft event, this would be the one. There's going to be some young faces in the crowd this uh, this event. So... Um, again, any event is fine to do that. This might be a, might be a, might be a good one. Um, while I'm saying that, 
Uh, I have not really looked at the weather for Saturday, but I always want to glance at it. Ooh, going to be chilly, but it's going to be sunny. Seven degrees. Beautiful. Okay. All right. Let's take a look at some of the, um, I love, I love playing with my new whole breakdown, uh, chart. Uh, let's take a look at the ACE percentage at the golf zone and let's see. And as you know, I mentioned this last time, but the, the, the hole with the highest ACE percentage is the bear claw at golf zone hole 14, 47.4% is the ACE percentage there. There's also another hole in the top 10. Uh, the first one at 17.53% hole number one, hole number 17, uh, is ranked 14th at 13.64%. Uh, and there's a couple more in the top 25. I will just read those off for you. Hole number two is ranked 20th at 11.69%, tied with hole number 13 at 11.69%. And then hole number 18. Wait, that can't be right. Interesting. Huh. Hole number 18 at the golf zone has an ace percentage of 11.04%. I would not have guessed that. But one in 10, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Are there any holes at the golf zone that have never been aced? Of course. Of course there are holes at the golf zone um, that have never been aced. And I'm going to read those off for you in a second. Um, those holes are as follows. There's quite a few of them, actually. Actually, there's only three. There's one that's only been aced, I believe, once. It has a 0.65% ace percentage. That is hole number eight. I am not to the point yet, for whatever reason, of knowing all 225 holes on the circuit yet. But the moment I pull up puttcraft.com, such a such a convenient resource. I do apologize that, that each of the course pages are a little bit different. That'll change someday. Um, but for now, they are all going to be a little bit different, uh, mainly because I don't have time to update them as I'd wish. Um, hole eight is the the slider hole. Really dog, really far dog leg left. Um, I am going to, by the end of this podcast, tell you who ASAT. For whatever reason, I think it's Kathleen Malone, but I apologize if it's somebody else. Um, hole number nine has never been aced. That is the snail hole. I don't actually know if that's possible to ace. Um, I suppose it's possible, albeit very, uh, very unlikely. Hole number seven is, again, this one's a strange one. That's the gopher hole, if you will, with, with the five holes up top that dumped down into the hole below. And then hole number three, which it's just a matter of time before that hole has ace, is aced. The blueprint is there. Hole number three will be aced, maybe on Saturday, maybe by a child. That'd be awesome. It's Matt Langer. I checked and it's Matt Langer. He is the one person who has an ace on hole number eight, a 0.65%. Okay, let's take a look at eagle percentage. Um, Did you know the hole with the highest eagle percentage, uh, 25%, is at Eagle Lake? And it's hole number nine. One of my favorite holes on the circuit. Never been double eagled. It's only a matter of time. Uh, We play that course enough. But it's the uphill uphill shot, uh, double eagle, or it's eagled 25% of the time. The highest eagle percentage, oh my gosh, lily putt, just all over 
this uh, this ranking is actually all the way down at number 26 in 26th place. And that is hole number 16 at the Gulf Zone. Uh, that is the hole. Ooh, right after 15. Not fun. Um, that is sort of that dog leg right. Um, you know, it, 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 yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of a, a single bound shot downhill. Um, I, I've seen it trip a few people up, but generally speaking, a, a pretty straightforward and easy-ish shot. Never want to call a shot easy, especially since I'm not the one out there doing it. Hole, uh, rank number 37th. Um, four point oh, excuse me. Did I give the percentage of, I don't know if I did. Let me find that again. Golf zone 8.44% of the time. Hole 16 is, uh, aced hole number 11 at the golf zone is aced 4.55% of the time that comes in at 37th place, 44th place. This will be the last one. We, we shouldn't be going down this far is hole number four at 3.9%. All right, let's do quick birdie percentage, then we'll head over to bogey percentage. Eh, let's just do them all. Why the heck not? Um, but I'm only going to read the top 25. How about that? How about that for a fair trade-off? Uh, birdie percentage, the number one hole for birdie percentage, Grand Slam Coon Rapids, hole 16, 82.35% of the time. Great work, team. Okay, Gulf Zone hole number 16 um, is uh, not only eagled a whole bunch, but birdied a bunch as well, 746 Eight percent of the time. Um, hmm, interesting. That's a par three. Oh, a lot of aces there as well, too, apparently. So, okay, uh, that is number seven. Uh, number nine is hole 11. That is birdied 72.73% of the time. Um, and that is it for the top 25 in terms of birdie percentage, uh, just for fun. The lowest birdie percentage. Uh, there are a bunch of zero percenters, but the ones that are uh, 0.65%. Oh, there it is. Golf Zone's hole number eight, 0.65%. That's the lowest birdie percentage of any hole that's been birdied before. Congratulations, Matt Langer. We're talking about you a lot on this particular podcast. All right, let's talk bogey, bogey percentage. Excuse me. Uh, Moose Mountain's hole 10 has the highest bogey percentage at 56.25%. Are there any holes in the top 25 at Golf Zone? Do, 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 do. That's it. Um, there is one. Yes. And coming in at a bogey percentage of at 36.36% is hole number 17 at the Golf Zone. Attempted 154 times. You might be thinking, read hole 17. What about hole 15? There's not a lot of bogeys on hole 15. They're double bogeys on hole 15. <laughs> okay. So let's take a look at do double bogey percentage. I'm pretty sure um, that one might be the highest. If not, it is not. Double bogey. Now, this is double bogey plus. So this is any hole that's over double bogey. Grand Slam Burnsville's ninth hole, 52.17% of the time. That one is, actually has not been updated since we played it last. So it might have gone up, might have gone down a little bit. Um, my apologies. Bunch of Midwest Golf Dome. Are there any holes? Yes, of course, there's one. I don't want to do that same thing again. There's one hole, Golf Zone's 15th, coming in at 13th place at 27.27%. .27%. Um, that is the hole 
that trips you up most of the time. Uh, One-fourth, over one-fourth of the time, you're going to score double, bogey, or worse. Um, And just for fun, I want to take a quick peek at the last time we were at Golf Zone. Um, Zach Casilius, winner, bogeyed it both times. Dan Wesley, runner-up, tied, uh, and then lost in in a playoff, uh, parted both times. Sean Brown went 1-4. Josh Benish went three, four. That's, that's, uh, uh, a four is a double. Uh, Eric Casilius went, um, bogey, bogey. Those were Eric's only bogeys on the day that day. Uh, we're hole number 15. If I'm warming up at that course and we, we all know that, that Grand's Golf Zone, probably said Grand Slam many times, Golf Zone allows us to do some warming up. Appreciate you all very much. Um, that is where I would be doing the warm up. And I would honestly, I'd play for three. Ah, might as well. All right, let's take it one. Let's go one more peek at, at the Golf Zone. I just, uh, we were there in April. That was our first event of the league year. Of course, as you know, it was supposed to be at Dred Scott. We had to reschedule it because of the weather. Um, Sean Brown went par par. Uh, Matt Rolstead went par bogey that was the difference in the match it was 16 under for sean brown 15 under for matt rolson dan wesley went par par joel brown par par sean anderson par par i mean just really just slaying hole 15 uh was the uh all of the top five finishers at uh the golf zone open 1.0 this past april can't say the same for everybody that's been a uh a, a difficult hole for many of you okay Again, later this week, we will do a player ranking podcast. It will be the entire podcast will be player rankings. Um, did I miss anything on the whole breakdown? I don't think I did. I went double bogeys. I went bogeys. I went birdies. I went eagles. We don't need double eagles. There's never been one, um, at this particular course. And there's never, oh, and pars. We, that's not really that. Are there any double eagle potential? I don't think there is. I don't think there's any par fours on this course. So the four double eagles are safe. Um, for today. I would love to see an ace on hole three. I almost may bring a tripod. And if Sheila's with me, maybe just set her phone up on hole three and just so we can capture that first ace. I've seen so many of you get so close and it is just a matter of time and it would be fun to have that. I don't think that'll be a hole of the year candidate. Um, and I don't want to say that that, 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 is locked up, but Joel Brown has a pretty darn good case uh, for whole of the year. Um, uh, if you recall Centennial Lakes, that that long, 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 long shot of his. But again, Saturday, January 28th, 11 a.m., 11 a.m., it's got your whole day in front of you. We will be at the Golf Zone in Chaska. Bring your kids if you want. Um, and I should note this as well, because I actually, somebody brought this up. Um, if your child kind of depends on how old they are, I'm talking about who I'm going to pair them up with for the first 18. I have no problem pairing them up with you for the first 18. If they're young, if they're too young, I will do that. I'll probably pair them if they're below a certain age. I don't have kids, mind you. If they're below a certain age, I will pair them up with you the front 18 and chances are I'm going to pair them up with you on the back 18. The only exception would be if you are in the final group. Then that gets a little bit fuzzy. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't do it at that case. 
Um, but, uh, you know, we've had, cho- we've, we, we've had kids come out in the past and I've generally paired them with their, uh, uh, a parent in the first 18 and then in the back 18, they've gone with their particular grouping and it's always worked out very well. Um, but if we got to an, an, an age where that wouldn't be possible, um, I, I, I would pair them with you with the exception of you being in the final group where I'm not going to put your kid with you in the final group and I'm not going to take you out of the final group. Um, so we'd, we'd have to kind of figure that out. And the truth is, is like that the final, the essence of the final group is, or the final couple groups is so important, um, that I just can't mess with it. I can't mess with it for a couple of reasons. Number one, the drama, but number two, you should be playing with those people that are in the group with you. Right. And I shouldn't be sitting here manipulating that final, those final couple groups. Those final groups should be set based on where you finished. Right. Because maybe you're playing with somebody who really intimidates you and you're like, Rita, I I don't want to play with that person. Well, uh, unfortunately, if you finish in the standings right next to them, how it works out, you're going to be playing with them. That's just how it works in golf. And that's how it's going to work in puttcraft. And, um, so yeah, the youths, the youths make thing a little, make it a little bit tricky, but I do think that, um, I, I want you to feel as though you can bring, um, your kids out to play Puckcraft. I think that's great. I think that's awesome. It's worked out really well before. Um, if you'll recall, Connor Lestico has given us some of the, b- 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 <laughs> he's given me my favorite video of all time, which was at Dred Scott, where the ball lips around. Um, and it, yeah, I probably post it in May, June and just hilarious. His reaction, that video is one of my favorites. So, um, I'm going to stop rambling for now. Somehow I've managed to ramble for 26 minutes. We will chat with you later in the week and we will see you on Saturday morning.